0: Having fun with hypothetical trades here on this Saturday in between the Kings loss to the Memphis Grizzlies last night and their upcoming game against the San Antonio Spurs. There are questions about what kind of team the Kings are going to have actually on the floor due to COVID-19, but those are questions and worries for another day as today we're going to talk about what really matters, which is what the Kings are going to do as this trade deadline approaches, what Monty McNair, Kings general manager is going to do about this roster changes need to happen. You've heard me talk about a swing for the fences move. And anytime we're talking, talking about hypothetical trades, realistic, hypothetical trades I always love to be joined uh, by my friend Tim Maxwell from the Kings Herald Tim and I always love to play armchair GM together so we're going to talk about uh, the possibility of the Kings making a swing for the fences move versus just subtle little role player type moves Uh, the possibility of the Kings trading away De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton we'll talk about potential trades for Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis from the Indiana Pacers we'll talk about a trade for their uh, Jalen Brown from the Boston Celtics, of course, talk around Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers. So many trades that we go through, plus uh, why we feel McNair needs to either make a swing for the fences move or outright be a seller here at this trade deadline. We both agree that things can't stay the same. There's a ton for us to talk about. Hope you'll enjoy it all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast.
1: You are locked on King.
0: Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Truebill, the app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or need. And Truebill can even negotiate better deals on those subscriptions that you want to keep. I'll tell you a little bit more about Truebill later on in the show. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, formerly with Sports 1140 KHDK Radio in Sacramento, now with ABC 10 Television. And While we have the day off in between games, especially with everything going on with COVID-19 and having no idea what this team is going to look like roster-wise tomorrow against San Antonio, we're going to put all that to rest for a little while. And like I said in the intro, we're going to focus on what's really important, which is Monty McNair and the Kings making some changes in the grand scheme of things, regardless of who plays for the Kings tomorrow, that game doesn't mean a whole lot for this season. I've said it time and time again, and I'll say it again. Monty McNair is the only one in my mind who can save this season for the Sacramento Kings. And in order to do that, to me, he has to make significant moves. I'm talking about an all in swing for the fences type trade before this trade deadline. But even if that Kind of deal isn't out there. Even if Monty doesn't go for the home run, he still needs to hit a couple doubles and maybe a triple uh, by dealing uh, guys like Marvin Bagley, Buddy Hield, maybe even Harrison Barnes. Uh, and we know De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton will probably be brought up in trade conversations as well. Although I think it's it's a pretty low chance of both of those guys being dealt. Regardless, I expect Monty McNair to be active. I expect the Kings to be in a lot of rumors, especially as the trade deadline gets closer and closer. But maybe the Kings don't even wait that long to make. A move. Regardless, we're gonna figure out and try and uh, get to the head of Monty McNair and discuss what realistic trades the Kings potentially could make. Names that I like, names that my my guest Tim Maxwell likes for the Kings to go out and get. And of course, we're gonna watch your interaction as well. If you have any trades in mind that you would like to see the Kings go out and try and execute trades where you whether you're questioning if it's realistic or not, if the Kings or the other team uh, would would make those trades or not, feel free to send those to me. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Matt George Sack. Email me matt george sports at gmail.com or leave those trades in those comments down in the youtube comment section down below but right now for our hypothetical trade conversation we have a lot in here with different players that we uh we think the kings could potentially go after different players that we would potentially move big names like De'Aaron fox for plus why we think the uh the kings need to either swing for the fences or outright tank there's a ton in this conversation so without any further ado here is my discussion with the Kings Herald's Tim Maxwell. Every opportunity I get to play armchair GM, I have to invite my friend Tim Maxwell from the Kings Herald, formerly Sacktown Royalty. You know him as the Sacktown Baby Giraffe on Twitter. I always have to invite Tim on because uh, he and I love playing this armchair GM role together. Uh, and Tim, I think we're both uh, on, on the same page when it comes to we believe, in fact, we emphasize Monty McNair's necessity. To make some sort of move, certainly before the trade deadline, but at this point, sooner the better, right?
1: Absolutely. Um, the team feels very similar to when he took over 15 months ago, and we've seen this this core, this minutes core of Fox, Barnes, Buddy, Holmes, fail to win for two and a half, three seasons now. So yeah, I, I think I think not just you and you and I, but many people within the fan base, within the organization, even maybe are looking and going, okay. It's been over a year. We we need change because th- this team
0: certainly isn't going to get done. There's a lot of us that want to give McNair the benefit of the doubt because he inherited this roster that Vladi built that that clearly doesn't work. The best thing I can say about this team is it's arguably, I think it is the most talented roster individually uh, that this Kings team has had at any point during this playoff drought. The problem is that this team just simply does not work together. At least this core doesn't work together for the most part. Now they don't need to drastically change the core top to bottom, but some changes do need to be made. We give uh, McNair the benefit of the doubt a little bit with it being Vlade's roster that he inherited during these uh, strange COVID times. And also at the same time, too, we know that McNair has tried to make two moves in particular, trading uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, essentially, uh, for Dante DiVincenzo that fell apart. Uh, and then the uh, the next offseason, this last offseason, sounds like a, a deal between the Kings and Lakers was all but done to bring Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harold to Sacramento. That deal fell apart as well. Tim, where are you at with giving Monty the benefit of the doubt? He's tried to make moves, but they've, they've fallen through versus... No, you're a general manager. You you need to get these moves done, and and there are no excuses.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's. I don't think it's responsible to blame him for those trades falling through, or even to just say, well, Monty make Monty can't make a deal. It's like, well, those were two really unique circumstances where you know these players were told they were going to Sacramento, but he was told he was going to L.A., and then Washington swoops in at the last minute, and then of course the the Bogdan Bogdanovich trade was just unique in and of itself. I'm not really upset by. Those two trades in particular, following through, it's just part of the game. At the same time, um, you have to, you have to be flexible as a GM in this league, as Monty McNair found out this summer. I mean, you think you can have a deal locked up, and then all of a sudden it's gone. You can, you know, you can think something's going to happen, and then it doesn't. You can you can plan to trade a player, and they can get hurt. You know, hopefully that doesn't happen. But all of these different things can happen. So I know you, Buddy Heald's a little bit more unique in that I don't think there's a lot of appetite around the league for his play and his salary. So but having a backup plan for these players, for these deals, that's what's so important. And so, yeah, I don't blame him for those deals falling through, but I, I do kind of land in the boat where you've had multiple off seasons, you've hold, had multiple drafts, you've had a trade deadline, and all of the players that we thought would be gone are still here, and, and namely being Buddy Hield and Harrison Barnes. And um, I, as you said, there's there's an argument to be made for blowing up the team, but there's also an argument to be made for – Changing things up and like just something has to change, whether that's a blow up, a rebuild, a retool or a push to win now. Yeah, I, I can't not hold him responsible for being in the job for 15 months, having
0: multiple opportunities to change the team and not executing yet on a deal safe to say Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley are the, the top of the uh, the trade block, the top of the list that we know the Kings are going to try and shop. They've shopped multiple times to this point and, and like we just discussed, have not been able to get a deal done quite yet. You also mentioned Harrison Barnes uh, might be able to be thrown into that mix. I'm a little more hesitant to move him than, than other people are, although for the right deal I'd basically be willing to move anybody and that leads to my next question that I wanted to ask you Tim is uh, for a Kings team to be on the literally exact same win pace as they've been over the last two years to continue to to struggle and to fail Uh, it's it's impossible in my mind to say that anybody on this roster is untouchable now that being said I have to be pretty blown away by an offer from Monty McNair to be willing to trade either De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton but that's not out of the realm of possibility are you in the same uh, boat as that or do you think there are players on this roster that that should be deemed untradeable just given the king's circumstances
1: Yeah. If you're, if you're on pace to win 32 games, no one's untradeable, right? Like there's no, and there's, there's no Zion Williamson on this team. There's no, you know, like potential superstar top five player in the league player on this team, if we can be honest with ourselves. So, yeah, I mean, as you said, Deer and Fox is difficult to trade, not because he's not a talented player, but because it's rare that 24 year old players in the first year of their max deal get traded. And that's because finding a team with the right combination of needing to win, needing a point guard having the assets that would make that trade even make sense for us. Um, unless you're looking at a player to player swap or, you know, something along those lines, we've obviously heard the Ben Simmons rumors and things like that. If you're looking more at that deal um, I'm not saying that deal specifically, but something along those lines that could potentially make sense. And then, yeah, Tyrese Halliburton is my other one. I'm, I might be more reluctant to trade Tyrese Halliburton than De'Aaron Fox. The only reason being is it's really I wouldn't say it's easy to max out De'Aaron Fox's value right now, but I don't think there's any circumstance in which you can max out Tyrese Halliburton's value because he's a second year floor connector floor general. We saw what he could do last night um, as kind of the primary ball handler. You know, he had a great game. I know the Kings got blown out, but what do you expect with that roster that they were able to put out there? So yeah, those are definitely two, the two guys, other than that, uh, oddly enough for Sean Holmes, I would also need to get blown away by a deal for Rashawn Holmes, just because his contract is so valuable. He's such a, such a strong partner for Tyrese Halliburton with his ability to, to operate in the pick and roll. So he would be the third one that again, I would trade Rashawn Holmes in the right circumstance. I would trade Rashawn Holmes for miles Turner straight up, but I don't think the Pacers are making that deal. Um, but those, you know, those sorts of deals that were out there, but I just, I don't think that deal is coming for Rashawn Holmes. That's why he would also kind of be more, more held back by me.
0: We're going to get to the Pacers in a little bit because there are a couple names on that roster that are certainly interesting, at least to me. Um, but you brought up the Ben Simmons deal, which has been the, the deal that a ton of teams, not just the Kings, have been connected with or interested in. Rumor has it for really since everything went down uh, in, in last year's playoffs. And I've said time and time again, and I still feel pretty comfortable saying that I would not trade De'Aaron Fox for Ben Simmons straight up. I don't think the Kings team gets any better. Uh, the thought of bringing Ben Simmons to the Kings and actually making a difference was pairing him with De'Aaron Fox in some capacity I have no idea uh what Daryl Morey and the 76ers are are doing if they're continuing to to stay on that hill of they're not going to take anything but peak value for him um even with De'Aaron's struggles and as disappointing as he's been for the most part this season I'm still not budging on that I'm curious where you are with that
1: yeah, I think from a, from, from a straight, like in a vacuum, from a value perspective, I think Ben Simmons and De'Aaron Fox are relatively similar. You can make the argument that De'Aaron Fox is more valuable. You can make the argument that Ben Simmons is more valuable, and I don't really have a strong position on that either way. But yeah, from from a, from a roster construction standpoint, the, the, the most important role that De'Aaron Fox holds on this team is he's, he's the number one option on offense. And I don't even know if he should have that role, but he's the only guy that even can carry that load for the team. And if you swap Fox for Simmons, I just look at it as okay. Simmons can't—he can be the head of your snake on offense from a from a facilitation standpoint, but he's not putting up 25 points a game. I don't think Tyrese Halliburton really has that in him either. I don't think Davion Mitchell's there. And so you look at this Kings team and you go, okay, you've got a bunch of second and third options, and. As much as some people may say De'Aaron Fox isn't a number one option on offense, you have even less of a number one option with, with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, similar to Tyrese Halliburton, he's a ceiling raiser. He makes everyone around him better, right? And he's not a he's not a floor raiser. He's not going to carry your team for you. And when you have two kind of connectors and no one to connect between them, I don't I don't think that would go particularly well. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. Um, I think Ben Simmons would solve a lot of problems for this team, but trading Fox for Simmons creates
0: additional problems. And I just just don't know – how much better you're getting today's episode of locked on Kings is brought to you by prize picks the best NBA daily fantasy sports prop game on the market prize picks offers more NBA props than any other daily fantasy sports prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as the bench players who only record a handful of minutes each game meaning you don't just have to know all about the superstars in the league if you know a lot about this Kings roster you can make some money knowing what this Kings roster can do like for example taking the over on three point Attempts for Buddy Healed. Prize po- uh, picks offers the prop, uh, any prop that you can think of: assists, rebounds, points, threes made, etc. All of uh, the locked on Kiss, uh, Kings listeners who want to play and deposit up to a hundred dollars can use promo code. NBA for a instant 100% match, meaning you deposit $100, you get $100 free right then and there to help make you money uh, with Prize Picks. And the way it works, you pick two to five players and an over/under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. You don't have to worry about going up against uh, other players or gambling sharks out there uh, who do this for a living. It's all fun and it's easy to win. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries as well. If you're better on a Sunday, you can bet on NBA games as well as some NFL action uh, in there if you're so inclined, even some NHL hockey sprinkled in as well. Right now, go to prizepicks.com, use promo code NBA to get that 100% in- instant match or go to your app store and download the PrizePicks app. Price picks is daily fantasy made easy. Tim, it's of course a lot easier said than done and you need two, uh, two teams to tango to agree to a deal like this, but I- I'm in the, the position or requiring or asking of Monty McNair uh, this trade deadline or before this trade deadline for a a swing for the fences type move. I'm not here for any piss poor little uh, minor move, adding a role player or two to this still for the most part, similar core, even if it does mean the departure of Buddy Heald and Harris or uh, and Marvin Bagley. I'm not here for that because I don't think this Kings team is remotely good enough. I think in order for them to actually make up some ground they need uh, to to attempt a swing for the fences type move uh which means big name players potentially in sacramento are going to have to be uh leaving in the deal in order to get a a deal done where are you at with that are you looking for a swing for the fences type move from And we can discuss what a swing for the fences move looks like because i have a, a couple in mind uh or are you more in the idea of hey keep Fox keep Halliburton keep maybe Harrison Barnes even and try and get something of value role player wise for a buddy for a Marvin for insert player here and see if that's enough to cement this team's position as a play-in team with an actual chance to make it to the playoffs
1: straddling the fence with this core is going to wreck the next three years if the Kings continue to do so agreed um it's We've done it since Monty McNair took over. You know, you think about Monty McNair's first offseason, and the Kings didn't spend any money. They signed bad role players in Hassan Whiteside and GR3 and probably a couple other guys that I've even forgot existed. (laughs) And and then they made, like you said, a couple of nothing trades. And it seemed like heading into the deadline, they were going to tank. They were going to do maybe a one-year tank. And tanking meaning not doing your best to win games, not doing a Philadelphia 76ers, the process, but just – You're going to try to get a good pick. You're going to trade some veterans for assets, whatever. And then the trade deadline came around and the Kings decided to try to win. And so they decided to try to win. Of course that didn't go well. And so now they've been riding the fence for 15 months for multiple trade or multiple drafts, multiple, all these different things. And the Kings still aren't good. They're not even mediocre. They're not even average. They're bad. This is a bad team. They are on pace to win 32 games. Um, And aside from the five and four start, you look at that record and it is pretty horrific. And so I agree with you. Here's where I'm at. I don't need a swing for the fences trade. I need either a swing for the fences trade or you're done with this roster and you're just going to move along. You can you can keep Fox and still be done with this roster. You can move Buddy and Barnes and some of the vets and just reset over the next couple of years. But yeah, there definitely needs to be some sort of line drawn in the sand. I understand why mirror entered the job wanting to balance between flexibility, cap space, and trying to win now. But now we're just... Like I said, we're straddling defense, and it's it's hurting the entire organization. Harrison Barnes only has one more year left on his deal after this year. So are you keeping him through his deal and letting him walk in free agency, or are you cashing out his value? Buddy Heald's value, frankly, is only declining. He's not getting better. Marvin Bagley is a restricted free agent this year. You have really three players you need to make decisions on, in addition to, of course, De'Aaron Fox and Rashawn Holmes and, and the rest of your core that's signed long-term. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm half with you in that either make a swing for the fences trade or blow this thing up and, and let's reset. It. And I, I don't think Monty McNair is going the direction of a rebuild.
0: See, I, I'm I'm for a swing for the fences move for two particular reasons. Number one is what concerns me about taking the route of a a, a a rebuild over the next couple of years, which some could say the Kings have tried to rebuild 97 times during this playoff drought, and others could say the Kings never actively or completely committed to a rebuild. They tried to shortcut their way, certainly during the Vivek Ranadive uh, era during this uh, this playoff drought. The Kings have tried to shortcut their way through a rebuild, and it's come back to bite them in the ass a little bit. Um but I, I'm concerned about those years Frustrating De'Aaron, frustrating Rashawn Guys who uh, are, are in the prime Or entering the prime of their career Who are trying to win right now I'm less concerned about Tyrese Halliburton Because you have control over him Same thing with Davion Mitchell But a guy like De'Aaron Fox Who just signed his second contract His max contract uh, and, and maybe Fox isn't necessarily in a position As a superstar to to make those kind of demands And express that kind of frustration Because he hasn't won anything yet But at the same time too If you can have a player of, of, of Fox value and his desire to be here, typically you want to try and uh, capitalize on that uh, with the, uh, the, the history of the Kings and their inability to, to keep talent here. Um, So that's number one. Number two is I look at history. And even though we live far too much in the past of the early 2000s and the late 90s, I look at what made that team successful, which was a swing for the fences move by Jeff Petrie trading Mitch Richmond away and getting uh, Chris Webber and bringing Webber here and Webber was disgruntled. He did not want to be here. And that, those turned into the best years uh, of the, the history of the Sacramento Kings. So uh, I'm, I'm maybe I'm simplifying it a little bit too much, Tim, but I think swing for the fences is the only route that this Kings team hasn't tried to take during this playoff drought. That's why. And, and I'm not afraid of failure at this point. Like if Monty loses his job, that would suck. But I mean, how much can we blame Monty and how much can we blame, blame the Kings overall? If the Kings are set back another four or five years, that would suck too. But you know what? It's already been 15 years of this garbage. Why not add another four or five years on top of that? That's where I'm at. I'm curious how you feel about that.
1: Yeah, I think, I think your second point is is very valid. Um, this is something I was talking with uh, some of the guys at the Kings Herald and Tony Zapteros brought it up. This was months ago. This was during the offseason. He said, okay, look at the last 15 years. How many times have the Kings traded for an, uh, an actual all-star? And the answer is zero. Mm-hmm. They have never traded for an all-star. And so you've had DeMarcus Cousins. You've had Kevin Martin. You've had Isaiah Thomas. You've had Tiger Evans, You've had De'Aaron Fox. You've had all of these singular guys or sometimes a duo of guys that are you know, all-star caliber or fringe all-star caliber. And the Kings never support them. It's always a singular. I wrote an article about this last year. I said, De'Aaron Fox can't save the Sacramento Kings. One guy can't carry a franchise. Even even a a better player than De'Aaron Fox, if if you are surrounded by average to below average starters and average to below average bench and an average to below average coach, you're not going anywhere. And so I, I think that's a very valid point. I think if Monty McNair says we're going to try to win. We're going to go all out and we're going to try to win with this core. And we're going to of course, mix it up, winning with this core, meaning deer and Fox, maybe Rashawn Holmes and, you know, figuring out or maybe moving deer and Fox. I think, I think it's a fine plan. It's even if it's not the plan, I would necessarily prefer something I've tried to learn over the last few years is just because it's not the plan I would choose. Doesn't mean it's the wrong plan. You know, either, either, either path is fraught with peril. This is something I was talking with someone earlier. It's, it's, it's very easy to say it's easy just blow it up well the kings aren't very blow upable they don't have very many pieces to blow up you've got darren fox who's kind of hard to trade harrison barnes if you put him on the market would have 20 calls in five minutes he, he would be a highly desired player yeah um buddy healed does anyone want buddy healed does anyone really want marvin Bagley? does anyone really want terrence davis alex Lynn? you go down the list um so yeah Either way is, is difficult. If Monty McNair wants to go all out and say, we're going to win, we're going to trade for a top tier player. I can support that. Even, even if it's not the path I would pursue, I can respect at least the willingness to put it all in line and go for it. My only fear in that path is if you're, if you're giving out multiple future first round picks, mm. are you setting your next, assuming it doesn't work out right. If, if we take the the worst view of it, are you setting your next general manager up for failure? If Monty McNair goes all out and in two years, he's out and the Kings still owe two picks. That's where I get a little nervous, but I mean, that's part of the game is, is taking those risks. I, I, my question for you is I know we talk a lot about the 15 year playoff drought soon to probably be 16 year playoff drought. Um, Will Griffith, one of our writers had a really good thought the other day. He said, the Kings just need to take the punch in the mouth and just say, you know what? We don't care about the streak anymore. We're just going to build the right way. And that's really easy to say and really hard to do. But what do you what do you think about the fact that frankly Vivek hasn't been around for half of the playoff drought? He's been around for eight years. Monty's been around for a year. The playoff drought isn't his. So how much do you think the playoff drought should really affect the king's decision making?
0: Uh I I I guess I'll answer this question in in a way that makes sense to me. And I wonder if it makes sense to you and, and those listening. I think it's impossible for the kings to to drop caring about the streak and drop caring about the playoffs and, and have the patience to build the right way as long as Vivek Ranadive and this ownership uh, group is is in power. Uh, And what I mean by that is kind of like what I alluded to a little bit ago. The Kings have looked for shortcuts when it it came to uh, Vivek, wanting this team to be a playoff team as soon as the golden one center opened, and then completely pulling the plug on that midway through when the Kings were in the hunt trading away to Marcus cousins. You could talk about last season where, like you said, it it seemed like that perfect gap year. And then the the Kings all of a sudden said, go for it at the trade deadline. And, and, I still speculate how much that was Monty's decision and how much that was Vivek's decision. Everybody can say Monty's in complete control, but based off of Vivek's track record and what we've heard from people who are no longer with the organization, that organization, that ownership group has had an issue of meddling and, and too many cooks in the kitchen. Plus we have Vivek's advisors in the past. Um, I don't think Monty would ever get the plus the amount of times that, that Vivek has gone through just different advisors and different general managers and different head coaches. Like he, he's not a very patient man. And I understand that as the, the fan base in Sacramento Their patience is all but tapped as well. My thing is, I don't think even if McNair and the Kings were to commit to doing it right the right way, I don't think this ownership group would allow the time that it takes in order to do it the right way. Um, I think it's, it's possible that that could be the best route forward. I just don't think it's realistic with this group here. At least that's my read on the situation.
1: No, I think that makes total sense. It, that's that's one of the challenges we have of talking and analyzing about this team, right? We can talk about what maybe should happen, and then okay, let's talk in reality of what this organization is actually willing to do. And I, I think that's that's totally fair.
0: Like I said at the top of the show, today's episode of Locked On Kings is brought to you by our friends at True Bill. And look, there are so many subscriptions out there right now, and subscriptions are hard to cancel. True Bill makes it easy. True Bill is truly a must have app in today's day and age. Do you know why free trials renew new without your consent? It's a business scam to get your money out of you without you even realizing it. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. You just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. It does all the hard work for you. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped them save over $100 million total. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Again, go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA can save you thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. So if, if we're looking at swing for the fences type moves, one that pops to my mind immediately, I'm looking right at the Boston Celtics. And I'm seeing that team that has also been a, a pretty significant disappointment. Now Their expectations were a lot higher than the Kings were. And uh, there are rumors and conversations that the Celtics are looking to move on from their big two there that hasn't worked in, in both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Uh, and I think we all assume that if the Celtics were going to make a decision between the two, they would pick Tatum. I have loved Jalen Brown. I've wanted Jalen Brown on, on the Sacramento Kings for a long, long time. I think he fits a lot of the needs that this Kings team has, especially as a wing, um, I, Brown is one of the few players realistically available that I would trade De'Aaron Fox uh, for straight up. I don't know if the Boston Celtics do that or not. I can't speak for that market, what Brown's market would be and what they're interested in uh, in Boston there. But that is the type of player that I would be willing to move De'Aaron Fox uh, for without really too much hesitation or even Tyrese Halliburton if, if the Celtics would prefer that. What do you think about the possibility, the realistic possibility of the Kings acquiring a player like Jalen Brown? And what do you think it would take from Sacramento to get that? Deal done.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would certainly do it. Um, would Would the Celtics do it? I've got a couple friends in the in the Celtics world, and I don't think they would be interested in that swap, especially player for player. I mean, Jalen Brown is about as good as De'Aaron Fox on the offensive end of the floor, and he's he's a real defender. He mm-hmm. really defends, and De'Aaron Fox really doesn't defend. Mm-hmm. So, if you're equal on one end and complete opposites at ends of the spectrum on the other, I, that's a tough. That's a tough swallow i think for the celtics um we would need to throw in more i don't know if the celtics would be looking at picks or another player maybe i don't and i'm not saying i would do this but i don't know if they're interested in like a rashawn holmes or harrison barnes or you know i mean like another another starting caliber player plus fox plus probably a pick i'm still not sure that gets it done and I think this is part of the hard part that we face and any fan faces in any fan base, when you're talking mock trades is, you know, I can look at that and go, okay, that looks fair to me, but 20, 28 other teams in the league are going to be, you know, if Jalen Brown comes on the market, Mm -hmm. are there other teams that can offer a more attractive package than deer and Fox and let's just say two picks I don't know maybe right I I don't know what that looks like but that's just another consideration so I would do it personally like in a heart I would trade De'Aaron Fox
0: and a pick for Jalen Brown in a heartbeat I just don't know that the Celtics would do so. Yeah, I, I'm. The, my gut feeling is that that I like. I don't know again what uh, Jalen Brown's market would be, but that would be probably close to starting the conversation. Territory would would be what you suggested, and maybe Harrison Barnes and multiple picks have to be involved in that to get the deal done. And if that's the case, I, I think about it a little bit more. I'm 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 less. Uh, I, I'm a little more hesitant. But at the same time, too, that is a a type of swing for the fences move that I'm interested in potentially uh, if I'm Monty McNair. And, And the other team that we alluded to earlier, the Indiana Pacers, Uh, According to a report from Jason Anderson, there's not too much interest or not too many conversations happening between the the Kings and the Pacers in regards for DeMontis Sabonis, Miles Turner, uh, TJ Warren. I know Karis LeVert uh, is also available too, but really Sabonis and Turner, but mainly Sabonis is the guy that I have my eye on. I like Sabonis a lot. That is a player that I would not trade De'Aaron Fox for, and maybe the Pacers did say it's going to start with Fox or Halliburton and the Kings hang up the phone. Maybe that's why there is no interest at this point in time. I have no idea that's all speculation uh but i i think it would be foolish for the kings not to have interest in a guy like Demontis Sabonis who could really help this team miles turner could help this team as well um but i will admit and this is more of a fan perspective than it is maybe a basketball perspective i am a little more hesitant to to move on from rashawn holmes in a miles turner swap than it sounds like uh you were, were earlier what do you think about the the potential trade partnership between the kings and pacers
1: so uh, I I was just thinking about Fox for Sabonis this morning. Um, I think I would do it. And I know that's... It's, it's a hard thing to say because I think De'Aaron Fox probably has a, a little bit of a higher ceiling than Sabonis. Like If, if he's maxed out in a skill set, then I think he's probably better. But Sabonis put up 20.3 points, 12 boards, and seven assists last year. That's like many, that's like many Jokic. That's, that's who that is. Mm -hmm. Um, He's 25. He's a multi-time all-star. And the other thing that kind of attracted me, and I know cap space isn't something you should necessarily consider when you're making massive trades, but he only makes $18 million. Darren Fox makes $28 million. Mm -hmm. So he's easier to build around from a, from a cap standpoint. Um, And I think he can be a number one option on offense. Uh, in the same vein that De'Aaron Fox can be your number one option on offense. I don't think he's a superstar, but I think he can lead you in points and you can be okay. Um, does he pair particularly well with Rashawn Holmes? Not necessarily. And that's where, that's where things get really tricky because mm-hmm. if you're trading Fox for Sabonis, then you got to move, probably need to move Rashawn Holmes. And I don't know what you're doing there. And that's where things get really messy. And, and maybe I, maybe I make this trade in a vacuum, but not in reality. Um, or I'm giving Sabonis and Holmes the year to figure it out. And if they can't figure it out, I'm moving on from clearly Holmes and Sabonis is an all-star. So yeah, th- this is a tricky one for me. Um, he's, he's cheaper. He's I would say he's on the same level as Darren Fox. He plays a less important position. He's also not a defender. If you're looking to fix your defense, Sabonis is not the guy that's going to do that for you. Um, so yeah, that's right on the line for me. I I would at least consider it. I would consider the conversation and and we know that the Pacers have come out and said, I don't, they don't want to rebuild. They want to reset. They, they have Rick Carlisle as the coach. Rick Carlisle doesn't want to go through a rebuild. So I think Fox could be an attractive trade partner in that aspect as well. Of course, him and Brogdon, I don't know how well they pair. That's maybe a little messy as well. Um, Miles Turner, I'm, I'm interested in, um, I'm sorry. Did you say you would not trade Holmes
0: for for Turner? I, I'm a little more hesitant because of Holmes' fit here in Sacramento, his fit with Tyrese Halliburton, who I I assume would still be here going forward. Um, I do like Miles Turner's ability to space the floor and what he can provide defensively. Uh, I just I don't know. I guess I'm I'm looking through the lens of Kings making moves that make this team significantly better. I don't know if a Rashawn Holmes for Miles Turner swap moves the needle more than a couple of, of centimeters for me. I don't know if it has that drastic of an effect that all of a sudden says okay this team does belong in the play and with a little legitimate chance to make the playoffs i don't think turner's enough for that in my mind
1: yeah you i think you would need to make secondary moves uh for sure I, miles obviously provides incredible rim protection one of the best shot blockers in the league and i think Rashawn holmes is a solid shot blocker and rim protector but miles miles would help with the the leaking perimeter that defines the Sacramento Kings defense. Hmm. Um, Turner last year was 83rd percentile in pick and roll action. So he's not quite at the level. I think Rashawn Holmes was like 92nd or 93rd last year, or something along those lines. But Turner um, can provide that pick and roll action for Tyrese Alliburton. And of course he can space the floor. Um, he's a very good three-point shooter, I think, not just for like a big man, but just in general. Um, earlier this year, I looked at his stats. Um, I think he was hitting over forty percent. Let me check his stats right now. He's at thirty-six percent now on five attempts per game. So yeah, it, it would it would provide just a different dynamic for the Kings, as you said. If all the and I don't think the Pacers would swap Holmes for Turner. Just mm-hmm. I don't think that deal goes through anyway. But if you did that, I think the Kings are a little better. Um, but yeah, yeah, there there probably needs to be a little bit more of a drastic change in addition to just Turner for Holmes if that were to take place.
0: Well, Tim, before we wrap up, I'm going to give you open season here. Are there other names out there that realistically you would like the Kings to aggressively go after, whether it's a swing for the fences move or a potential Harrison Barnes swap, Buddy Heald swap, Marvin Bagley swap, just names that have been floating around trade ideas in your head uh, that you think could have some traction and could be legitimate. They may not actually happen. We may never hear of it beyond our conversation here today, but something that by the King's standards, by realistic NBA standards, something that, that, that fans could keep an eye on or, or, or be interested in.
1: So one one trade that um, Will, Griffith of our, Will Griffith of our site um, proposed a, a, a similar trade um, is I would call the Clippers um, and offer them Buddy Hield. Uh, the Clippers need shooting. They need they need they just need talent. And I don't think Buddy is who everyone wished he would have been by any means. Um, but the Clippers have Eric Bledsoe's salary, and Eric Bledsoe has been pretty awful this year and has been awful for a little while. Um, if I could trade Buddy for Bledsoe and, and get one of their young players, either Terrence Mann or uh, Brandon Boston, either one. Um, I think both those players can actually contribute a little bit now. And they are obviously young and kind of fit with our core. Uh, Bledsoe is only owed $3.9 million next season. He's, mm-hmm. he's non-guaranteed. So you're saving about $17 million next year, next year, $19 million the following year. You're saving almost $40 million. So... Um, that's a trade. I'd look at I see you're laughing. Is, is that something you were thinking about?
0: No, I'm smiling, Tim. Uh, and, uh, because that is the exact deal that I made in our, uh, ultimate mock draft that we did last off season. Um, I, I made a trade, a hypothetical trade with the new Orleans Pelicans that, that gave the Pelicans the, uh, Uh, We did a pick swap and we did buddy healed for, for Eric Bledsoe. And I did it for exact those reasons, contract reasons, which aren't necessarily fun in a fantasy trade um, or fantasy draft night conversation. But in terms of realism, I thought it's something that could actually happen and I got killed for it. So I'm smiling that you're bringing that up. Not that you or anybody from Kings Herald was killing me for that trade. Uh, It's just because it's, it's a, it's a legitimate move that I think makes a lot of sense potentially it's not a move the needle or make the kings better type move like you said but it gives them flexibility it gives them options to potentially get better which was my thought process all along
1: yeah and and but i i think buddy has become a little bit of a scapegoat this year through just i think buddy's been terrible this year like Mm -hmm. just flat out bad he can't shoot he doesn't, he's never defended or done anything else. So when he's not shooting particularly well, I think the last time I checked, he was 80th in the league in three point shooting 80th. Mm. That's n- not even average. He's below average this year. Um, so I think he's been scapegoated a little bit just from a general perspective of why the Kings are bad. But I, I do think removing Buddy Healed from this team and some of his antics and, and uh, the way he plays would help this team overall between jacking up shots left and right, the lack of defense, the just, yeah, I, I, I would like to get Buddy Heald off this team. And I, I think if you can do so and save a little bit of money and get a young player out of it, I think that's about the best you're going to do because you look around the league and even teams that need shooting um, Buddy Heald's not shooting this year. His salary is challenging to match. Can, the only people that want Buddy are contenders or potential contenders. And most contenders can't spare $20 million in salary. It's some can, there's some, you know, there's some contracts out there that you can look up, uh, but yeah, he, he's a difficult one to move, and I, I just think removing him from the rotation would free up some guard room, either if you're getting Boston Junior um, or Terrence Mann. They're both wings and, or a big, and, and I think it just clears up a lot of, a lot of issues for this team.
0: Well, Tim, as the uh, the trade deadline gets closer and closer, and it may not even take that long for Monty to pull the trigger. In fact, part of me really, truly uh, hopes not. But as it gets closer and closer in terms of hypothetical trades, deals that could go down and any rumors that are floated out there, you and your cohorts at the Kings Herald will be all over it. My man, I appreciate you joining me on Locked on Kings. It's been a while. I always love these armchair GM conversations with you. Uh, and if a trade goes down, we'll have to get you back on. We'll actually have to discuss whether or not it was the right move and what it sets the Kings up for next year. Maybe Monty can actually pull the trigger on a, a on a significant move i'm certainly hoping for it yeah let's stop riding that fence let's make some moves Thank you to Tim Maxwell for joining me here on the On Kings podcast. Always have uh, a good time ch- chatting with my fellow armchair GM buddy, and I know I have a lot of armchair GMs out there listening, especially when it comes to what they think the Sacramento Kings should do. So now is your chance to so- shine. Send me uh, any hypothetical deals that you have in mind, uh, deals that you have questions on, if you have thoughts to our conversation, Tim and my conversation, if you're interested or not interested in Jalen Brown, DeMontis Sabonis, Miles Turner, Ben Simmons, uh, other players we mentioned, maybe players that you want to insert into the conversation? Would you move De'Aaron Fox? Would you move Tyrese Halliburton, Harrison Barnes, Rashawn Holmes? All of that is fair game. We want to hear from you. Again, you can reach me on Twitter at Matt Sack. Email me, Matt George Sports at gmail.com, or leave your, uh, your comments down in the YouTube comment section down below. Kings play the uh, San Antonio Spurs in a matinee performance tomorrow. Of course, we'll have a locked on Kings post game episode, or at least the plan is to have one after that game. At this point in time, we have no idea who's playing. We have no idea who's healthy, who's still going to be in health and safety protocols. Hell, we don't even know if Doug Christie's still going to be coaching, but we will find out. Regardless of who's playing, I expect there to be some sense of urgency from this Kings team because if you remember earlier on in the season, the Kings got their asses kicked by the Spurs on the road. Regardless of who's playing, I expect that to be avenged a little bit. So... Uh, those are my expectations. I'm not necessarily predicting a win. I'm just, you got to give a better effort than what you gave in that San Antonio Spurs game. And this team needs to bounce back after, uh, being beaten down by the Memphis Grizzlies the other night. It's a winnable game at home, even though circumstances are strange right now, you're still trying to win as many games as possible. And this is a game that you really can and should get. Uh, so again, we'll have a, or the plan is to have a post game podcast after that. Hopefully you will join me for that. Thank you so much for listening today. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.